Welcome back to this week's first edition of the No Fs podcast. I'm here with Big Joe today, and we are doing our first F1 podcast, even though we've only got one race left in the season. We've got Saudi Arabia coming up this weekend. It's going to be a wild finale. Um, But I think we're going to start off and just talk about the race yesterday. I mean, first off, I don't think Saudi Arabia should have had a race. I think the only reason that it was ramrodded down everyone's throat was because we didn't have Canada. We didn't have Singapore. We didn't have Japan. Like we didn't have these marquee races that we normally have. And the FIA promised a 22 race calendar. Um, If they don't get that extra race in, they lose out on a ton of revenue. So why does anything happen in sports? I mean, because of the money, right? Like this track, in my opinion, was too big. Uh, I mean, it was very similar to Canada or Monza where you spend a large portion of the lap just at full throttle. There's so many corners, no runoff areas. I mean, honestly, to me, it's... It's dangerous. Um, I feel like we saw more red flags and safety cars than we did racing. Um, But it's just, I I just think that a lot of what we saw yesterday is on the FIA's hands. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the the thing is, is that when the FIA makes those decisions, the teams that it hurts are your lower end teams. And I don't mean their lower end, like, you know, not as good, but like, you know, Haas losing two cars is super detrimental to like everything they do. Um, and, and and they've, and it's these young drivers who lose confidence in tracks when they really shouldn't have lost confidence. I mean, we saw Carlos Sainz, who is one of the most experienced, best drivers on the track. And, and his, his third qual or his second qualifying session was an absolute cluster because one thing on his rear wing was a little bit nicked. So like, you're just looking at a massive thing, and I, I do agree. Like, the FIA is super, super at fault here. Yeah, I mean, it's just we have three restarts um, that, I mean, that's just tough. Like, this wasn't a track I felt like where there was a ton of overtaking. Um, it was exciting for TV, right, because we never know what's going to happen. Um, but I said it in my piece and like, I think it's worth being said is that, you know, these guys are competing and they put their lives on the line for this stuff. Like we haven't lost anyone in F1 since, you know, 2014 in Japan, but we did lose an F2 driver last year, right? Like these guys do put their lives on the line. Like the, what they go through in that, you know, two hour period is a test of both mind and body. And I think keeping them safe needs to be the number one priority, right? Like Mick's shunt was huge, right? He sure he might've lost the rear. Like he might've, he might've gave it a little bit too much throttle in that corner. Granted it, it was a, it was a full throttle corner. Um, but you know, in a track like in France, or in Spain, there's a runoff area there. Um, even in Monza, there's a runoff area there. Silverstone, there's a runoff area there. I understand that those are, you know, purpose-built racetracks, and this is, quote-unquote, a street circuit. Um, but there needs to be a little bit more in place uh, in order to keep these drivers safe. Um, whether it's a change of the layout um, or just widening the track a little bit. I mean, there's there were very, very few runoff areas. Um, Monaco is Monaco. Monaco will never change. There's basically no runoff areas there either, but it's a lot slower racing. It's a lot safer for the drivers. When you're at full speed for, you know, I think they said 73% of the lap, like the propensity for you to be able to, you know, run wide, hit a wall or have a puncture and hit a wall at full throttle. Like that's very dangerous. Like Baku has a lot of tight twists and turns. Yeah. It has the longest straight enough one, but at the end of that straight, there is a massive runoff area. The runoff area here at the end of a, another massive straight just isn't that big. Um, I know that they put that chicane in there to slow everybody down, but what we saw max run wide there we saw lewis run wide there everybody seemed to run wide there um so these I guys are did too yeah i mean these guys are the most experienced drivers in the world um 
I would put them up against, you know, anybody in any other sport in terms of how good they are at what they do. Um, but this to me screams more of a fault in design. Um, and Toka's an amazing, they're, they're an amazing architecture company, right? Like they, they built Saudi Arabia or they built, um, Abu Dhabi. Like they know what they're doing. I think this was just a little bit too rushed and I think it showed. I think the the biggest thing I have here is that they everyone was like, we want to have the fastest, most corner street circuit on the calendar, right? Because that's you know how you gotta go. You gotta yeah. like for each race, it's gotta be bigger, it's gotta be better, it's gotta be faster. And the Middle East is like that. Like all of the yeah. Middle Eastern races are like that. And and that's great, but I wish someone would have stopped and stood back at one point and said like. Why? Like, why do we need that? Um, if this had been, and, and I, I honestly didn't hate the track uh, in terms of like raw racing. Like in two years, when the, the thing that I hate is that in the most intense driver's championship that we've had in well over a decade, the, the thing that we're talking about here is we had a brand new track with inexperienced marshals with Michael Massey, who had no idea how to officiate what was going on. And then at the center of it is this Lewis Max battle. You know, if this had been week three, it would have been a really interesting race, right? Because people at that point are actually playing nice with each other. Like Max would not have probably done the junk he did on this track had he like been looking at himself and saying like, Oh, I have a whole season ahead of me to like make up these four or five points, depending on how the fallout happens here. Um, and it's, it was definitely a strange race. Uh, it was definitely good TV because of the championship points at stake. Um, but it was awful racing for television due to all the virtual safety cars due to the red flags um and that brings up an interesting point just for me is like as a guy who's pretty new to the sport i don't like how if there's uh, a safety car that turns into a red flag you can get rewarded for staying out right like i i guess that makes sense like when i phrase it that way but it's also in the in 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 the broader sense like you're not rewarded for having good race strategy because you're kind of just gambling I understand why Red Bull did it. You know, when you have a street circuit, you have to play opposite strategy. That's pretty much the only way you can win, and you'll just, you know, the cards will lie as they lie. But um, I, I just feel like if you go from safety car to red flag, you shouldn't be able to change your tireless. Now, I think that rewarming them would be cool, all the other stuff, but um, just to me, like, as, as a pretty new viewer, that's how I viewed it. Uh, but I also do get that, like, that's part of the game, that's part of the race, and, like, Red Bull was probably hoping for that, or another safety car where they could do the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the gamble that you take, right? Like, NASCAR, like, not everybody pits under safety cars, right? Because the safety car is going to keep going, and they're going to keep doing laps. And those guys that pit, like, granted, NASCAR pit stops take a lot longer, but they're going to be in a little bit of a tougher spot when that restart happens, right? Like, they're going to have to go through a field of cars. Um, and the same thing happens in F1 to a certain extent, but they're so fast with their pit stops that if you pit at the right time under a safety car, you know, if the safety car is coming out of the pit and you're going to be right behind the safety car and you duck into that pit, you're still going to be pretty much right behind the safety car when it comes out or vice versa. If the safety car is right behind you, um, that, and that's actually better is if the safety car is, you know, three quarters through the lap and you're in front of the safety car and you pit, uh, you're going to come out right in front of the safety car. So chances are you can make up a ton of places that way. Um, and, and safety car pit stops are also cheap, right? Like it's way, you spend way less time, um, cumulatively, in the pits um but the thing is the red flag like they've always the issue is that they've always done that but i think that is an issue with street circuits right like you can't get those cars cleared without a red flag you can't bring heavy equipment and you know 10 12 15 20 people out onto a track to clear debris and still have cars going around right if you have accidents like that on, you know, purpose-built racetracks or 
circuits that are designed to handle those crashes, you don't see red flags as much. The only time you see, the only time you ever see red flags, and this goes for you know street circuits and purpose-built tracks, is if the barriers, if the barriers are compromised, right? Because that becomes a safety hazard. And in a street circuit where there's literally no runoff, the chances of the barriers, you know, getting compromised is is really high. Um, I think, uh, I think, you know, Max gained, right? But at what cost, right? Like, what was that? What was that gain worth? Like, sure, he was on the yellow tires and everybody else was on the white tires, right? Like, being on softer tires is great. But the thing is, Lewis held him up so long at that restart that by the time he got to that first corner, his tires were cold. He ran wide. We have another safety car. And because Max ran wide, gained a lasting advantage, which, you know, as we know, wouldn't be the first time yesterday. Um, he's, he's penalized. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's kind of what, that's kind of what you get when you do stuff like that. And, and it, my whole thing is like, there's a, like, I feel like the F1 kind of like world is pretty much like, are you Max or Lewis? And like, I feel like when I speak for both of us, like, it's cool. It'll be cool either way, no matter how it pans out. You're either going to have the crowning of a new champion in Max, or you're going to have a guy who's is now going to have eight driver world championships, and it's always cool to witness history. Like either way, you're going to witness history this year. Yeah. But like, I'm a Danny Rick guy. Um, Leclerc, I know for you, like I I really like Mick um, as a young guy. Uh, so I'm not super. I'm not super into the whole Lewis versus Max drama, which I feel like we can come at this from an unbiased side. Like over the last two races, like Max has been the guy who's been, been the problem. Like, and, and, but like, that's not saying that like earlier in the season, like I know it's Silverstone, right? Like Lewis was the problem. Like that, that he was the problem. Yeah. We can say that, but, but as I've watched it here, Max is just, you know, running him wide. That's now twice that he's run Lewis wide. Um, there's the issue of, like, he's been goofing around on straights for the last two weeks, which I know the FIA, or two of the last three races, I think, which I know the FIA is just not a fan of at yeah. all. Um, Super dangerous. And, and he's a great driver, but when I watch... I've watched some of the old highlights of, you know, Alonzo versus Vettel and those intense battles. And it was not like this. Like it wasn't, it was like the race got away from people yesterday and it wasn't like that. Um, And I don't know whether that ultimately rests on Massey or whether it ultimately rests on Max and like, dude, you need to chill out. But at the end of the day, it's balls of the wall next week. Like it's, it's, it's mano y mano. It's tied and you better win. Yep. And, and a couple things that I want to point out to your point where, you know, Vettel and Alonzo, like when Vettel was winning those world championships and he was winning all those races, I mean, dude won nine straight races. Like that's still a record. That's just, that's insane. He was incredibly aggressive but he was never dirty. And my issue, same thing with Schumacher when he was fighting with, whether he was fighting with Massa or whoever he was fighting with, he was aggressive. The best drivers are aggressive. Lewis is wildly aggressive, but they're never dirty. And Max is borderline dirty. Um, to your point about Mick, I love the guy. I think he is going to be, you know, I think he... I, it's easy to say that any new driver that comes in besides, you know, Nikita, that like they have it in them to be a world champion because, you know, teams don't hire drivers that they don't think can win a world championship. I think Mick will win a world championship. What bothered me and what I saw a lot of last night, like especially on social media was like, you know, and I understand that, you know, they're memes and jokes and stuff, but I saw a lot of, you know, um, Mick crashed in order to, you know, make it more difficult for Lewis and to give Max, you know, a little bit of room. And, you know, everyone was like, oh, this is for my dad. Like, nobody's going to win eight. 
And like that bothers me because drivers, unless it's in a rare scenario, right? Like Senna Prost, like drivers don't crash on purpose. Um, so to think that especially a rookie would crash into a wall like that, like that just, that bugs me. Um, it, it also just like makes no sense. Like if it, you saw how that red happened. It was like, so it's, early. It's so early it's, in the race. Why would you do that? Like It's also so, like when you watch it, it's easy to describe. Mick Schumacher is a better driver than his car allows him to be. Yes. His rear end just came off the, the deck. Yeah. Could it have been a throttle issue? I mean, it could have been, but the issue is that Haas's car, because they're saving all their money for next year, as they should be, is just not good enough to compete at this moment. And so his rear end lifted off and he flew. Like yeah. if 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 that had been on a different track where he would have actually been able to like skid out for a while he would have been all four tires off the ground pretty quickly because of the way the aerodynamics happened in the car like yeah. he was he was just not in and it wasn't his fault like the vehicle was just i mean we had signs talking about it signs in the ferrari this car isn't drivable right now like mick is in an undrivable car every week yeah <laughs> that's just how it happens yeah i mean signs have he did have that little bit of rear wing damage which is crazy right like it shows you how in a street circuit where everything is tunneled like that, how airflow affects the car. Because on a big track, the airflow is not going to affect that the rear wing as much. But it also shows you how reliant these cars are on their aerodynamics. They can, they can corner and pull four or five Gs in a corner because of the cars are so stuck to the ground. And if you have a car like the Haas, it's not as stuck to the ground as everybody else. That causes issues. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is... is Michael Massey, um, I think he's been catching a lot of flack. And I think some of it is is rightfully so. Um, but the issue is he's kind of in an unwinnable position right now, right? Like, you know, like you said earlier, there's Max fans and there's Lewis fans. If he penalizes Max, then, you know, it's, oh, he's being favored to Lewis, right? Like, and vice versa, but I think what he's been consistent in for this entire year is, you know, let them race. Um, Christian Horner said something about, you know, we miss Charlie Whiting this race. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Charlie Whiting was uh, Michael Massey's Charlie Whiting's predecessor. He passed away, um, I think, two years ago now. Um, and he was the race director for an awfully long time. Um, but he had a way of dealing, you know, with races. And I mean, to a certain extent, you know, Michael Massey is a little bit, he's, I guess I wouldn't like, I wouldn't equate it to being a commissioner. Um, but in a way he kind of is, he kind of is a commissioner, right? Like, or he's a head ref. That would be a great way to put it, right? Like he's the head ref, you know, that head ref has a way of officiating the game, right? Like everybody has their way of interpreting the rule book. Right? Like, he's not doing anything illegal. He's not favoring one driver over another. He has been very clear that, you know, like, let's let them race. Because obviously, letting them race has been fantastic for television, right? Like, this championship as a whole, and yeah, sure, you can argue that, you know, it's come off the rails a little bit in the last couple of races, but, you know, for the first 17, 18, 19 races, this championship was freaking nail biting. I mean, we were going back and forth like crazy. Anybody, anybody in their right mind would have bet Mercedes to win this championship this year. And I guarantee you not a single person would have expected the championship to be this close. But here we are. And I think part of that is due to Michael Massey letting, you know, letting Lewis and Max race. Yeah, I think the other big thing here is just that, like, Lewis and Max racing, like, letting them race, it obviously favors max and the red bull team like and, and that's not me saying like oh like you know they have an unfair advantage i just think that max is the hungry wolf like he's the one outside of the pack it's always harder to be at the top of the mountain and to defend your spot like that max is the guy who's gonna send it he's the guy who's going to be way more aggressive in defending and he's also going to be the guy who's way more aggressive in attacking because he can taste the trophy especially after austin after Austin, you really saw him be like, okay, like we can win. Oh, and that's great. 
like that that to me that that's not a negative saying that that favors red bull and max like i to me that's a positive and i don't even want to say the word like favor i guess it's just something that like is slightly more advantageous to max because he like lewis said it he's fucking crazy he's bad fucking insane sometimes and like that lends itself to two things the overtake he had on the second restart from third to first was a championship caliber winning move like that was awesome on the mediums that he slides in back door insides both of them and gets into first place that was absolutely awesome yeah the running lewis wide is also how you lose championships like max lives on that knife's edge and sometimes he's on the right side of things and sometimes he's on the wrong but like that's what's made the championship so enjoyable to watch and like to his credit too like lewis hasn't recently but like in the middle of the season lewis was on that knife's edge too sometimes where you're just like sitting there and you're like what are you doing um and like uh, it's just been awesome. Like the, Michael Massey is catching a lot of flack for how he, you know, uh, like I guess enforces some things, which, like we we're talking about, he's never going to win that. He's always going to enforce something wrong to fifty percent of fans out there. Yeah. But like, he has given us the best season of f1 that i that you know have what is it 2008 in brazil is the last time that it's come down to something as close as this yeah like yeah and i think i think you know part of that is to you know total wolf made a statement at the beginning of the season like when you don't change rules there's a convergence right and mercedes got out in front and everybody started to converge on them and red bulls finally gotten to the point where you know they can be a legitimate challenger um which is going to make next year really interesting but you know i think that max has very little to lose right like sure lewis can say i have nothing to lose which is just garbage because you know who doesn't want to win an eighth world title, right? Like Max hasn't won one yet. And he's going to be in the sport for a lot longer than Lewis is going to be in the sport, right? Like Lewis might have, you know, aggressively like four years left, whereas Max can easily have another 10 years. And, you know, he could end up, he could end up winning as many titles as Hamilton, right? Like he could, he could win four like, like Vettel or five like Fangio. Like there's a lot that he can still do like he's our age like people don't people don't understand that like max verstappen's 24 years old like he's honestly he's been in like, f1 for longer he's been in f1 for seven years or six years like he's he was in f1 before he was legally allowed to drive in europe that's insane he he to me this has all the harm marks of what we love in the brady mahomes stuff Yes. Like, what do we love in that? Like, it's the old grizzled veteran, you know, with the better coach, a.k.a. Toto and Bono. Like, it's the young guy with the absolutely electric offense who is just absolutely full bore rewriting the the kind of the history books of what we think is possible to do at a certain age in a certain type of offense. But... You know, like Mahomes this year, like there's a little bit of uh, like you're sitting there and you're like, okay, like maybe we shouldn't throw that many interceptions. Like you know, like did sometimes did we really want to pay this guy fifty million a year? Yeah, like, you're sometimes <laughs> with Max and you're like, all right, dude, I get you really want to win, but like maybe we shouldn't run people off the road or like just like win the right way. Yeah, exactly right, and 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 I think. It's a it's a maturing thing. Um, like he just definitely doesn't want to lose because he was in the lead. Like it's not really it it will it will feel way more like he lost this world driver championship than he than he didn't win it. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think previous years you can say like oh I just didn't win. This year he finally has the duo in the cockpit with him. Sergio Perez, it, Checo is also one of my favorite drivers just Checo's because I freaking awesome. love him. But like the dude has just been nothing if not completely solid throughout the whole year. And like consistently like 
hey, Max, you have the better tires. Go get them. Like, like he's done that multiple times this year. Like, he's been a great teammate, and I think it's been an undersung part of the season. But, you know, like, the excuses are running out for Max, and I know he feels it, right? Like, yeah. you you can't and, – and yesterday – at the end of the race, I know what he said. I know all this stuff like, oh, F1 isn't about racing. It's about penalties and all that. But, like, all the data in the car showed that he brake-checked Lewis. Yeah, like he did. And, and, and look, like, do I really fault him? I honestly don't really fault him. Like, I don't, think it's a, I don't think it's nearly as big a deal because Lewis ended up winning because at the end of the day, Max's tires were spent with eight laps to go. Like, they were just done. So... I don't, I don't really think there's as big of an argument as everyone wants to make it out to seem because, like, Lewis just ended up winning and that was it. Right. Um, but, uh, like, there is a part of me sometimes where, like, with Mike, like, you looked at him yesterday after the race and you're like, oh, he got caught. Like, he looked like the, the kid with his hand in the cookie jar and you caught him a little bit at the end there. And he's like, mm. <laughs> Yeah. And, but... But to me, like, that's also sports. Like, it's racing. I would rather have someone push way too hard. Obviously, not kill anyone, Max. But, like, <laughs> you know, push way too hard and get penalized than I would have the player who's consummately, like, too conservative and not putting enough of himself out there. And I think that's, like, like and, and transferring this into the next race, like, because I do want to talk about some of that because Abu Dhabi is going to be awesome. Like, I think that we are seeing here about midway through this season until now the emergence of Esteban Ocon. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I love this guy. Um, I think he got done a little bit dirty um, when he got pushed out of what was then force India. Um, I think it was, it, it was obviously a money thing. Um, but he has won a race. Um, he, you know, like Max, benefited from the red flag. Um, he made a great restart, right? Like, the the Alpine car is just not that good. Um, I mean, the fact that they're... It's really just not that you know, good. <laughs> the fact that they're, you know, fighting for fifth, right? Like, that's just... that That's tough. Um, they had a great year last year. Uh, with Daniel and I mean they have got to give Fernando a package that he can win races with um, he did a great job defending Lewis earlier in the season um, to, to get Ocon that win um, but yeah I mean I do think that he is you know he's gonna be he's gonna be a force in the years to come I mean he's a little bit older than um, Max, he's more of like Carlos's age. He's like mid to late twenties. Um, but yeah, I do think that he's going to be, he, he will be a force. I, I think my, my biggest thing that I love about him is just that on Alpine right now, um, it's all about the team. Like when, when Ocon, when when Alonso won the podium last week, he's like, "Oh, like how did Esteban?" That's his first word after he's so excited. Like when Esteban won, like, "Hey, is Nando in third? And they're like, "No, he actually got fifth. But like, he literally spent his entire tires like defending so that you would win. Yeah, and like, they have the drivers. Like, it's now Absolutely. an engineering thing. Yep. Like, they've got to get the car to them. I think which, there's. Like, I think there's so many teams like so close next year that if they nail these regulations right, like we could have an absolute toss up in terms of what's going to happen next year. And like, dude, to me, the thing is like at the start of this year, if you had told me that Alpine and McLaren would have more wins than Ferrari, I would have laughed at you. I would have laughed in your face. Yeah. I said, absolutely yeah. no shot. And it's just been super duper awesome to see that. What do you think um, going forward here? Like, what's your biggest thing that you're looking forward to this weekend? Obviously, besides the drivers' championship. Um, I think I think we are. I think we're gonna have an exciting race. Um, Abu Dhabi is normally written off because 
pretty much the championship has been decided at this point for both you know the drivers and the constructors last year um we had a little bit to play for um i mean we actually had third to play for last year um and you know i i think um you know i think mclaren kind of stuck their foot in their mouth in uh in brazil and in qatar i mean Qatar was a little bit more unfortunate just because, you know, you can't really, you can't really expect a puncture. Um, Lando also got screwed so incredibly hard. Um, but I'm excited Lando, to see, dude. I'm excited to see how AlphaTari finish up this season. They're kind of the, the ones I'm looking at. Um, Gasly has had, you know, some great qualifying performance that Honda power unit has proven to be strong. Um, and I would really like to see one last fight, um, between Avatar and Alpine. Um, I think that for the most part, I mean, the, the championships pretty much sealed, um, across the board. I think the constructor is pretty much sealed in my opinion, unless we have, you know, some big wrecks, which are not, uh, not very common here. Um, but besides that, that's, that's what I'm excited about. Um, I'm excited. The other thing I'm excited about is to see the battle between Lando, uh, Lando and Charles. Um, they're four points apart in the driver's championship for best of the rest. Um, I, my heart wants to go with Charles. My wallet wants to go with Lando because I put a future on him during preseason testing for him to be to be fifth in the championship. Um, but I, I would be okay losing a couple bucks to see, you know, just an absolute all-out brawl between these two. Um, they are the future, I think. Um, sure, you can make the, you, you can make the claim that, yeah, you know, Charles is the same age as Max, um, but they're both fresher in the sport than Max is. Um, Max is already there. I think these, these two guys are, are the future. Um, I think both of them are very, very capable of winning a world championship. And it, for me, it would be a toss up um, between the two of them in terms of who I thought, um, you know, all equal machinery who could win the championship um, because I, I think they're both very capable. So those are the two things that, that I'm really looking forward to this weekend. And I'm, I'm also hoping that, you know, we have a clean race. Um, I don't want to see, I don't want to see a crash uh, for the world championship because I read something in the day and it's true. Like if Max crashes and wins, even if he gets disqualified from the race, um, as long as Lewis doesn't finish, you know, Max has more race wins. So Max has nothing to lose here if they crash, even if he gets disqualified. But I think that if that happens, I'd put an asterisk next to his name in, in, in the world championship books. Um, because I think he knows that too. I think, I he, think he knows we would do that. I, I think, I think you're right. Um, and, and I hope that, I hope that the same goes for both teams, right? Like I hope I, Bottas has nothing to lose, right? Um, I don't think, he, I don't think him or Checo want to want to be a part of that. I don't think they want to stick their noses in that. Um, they've both been very clean this season. You know, I think Bottas is the, unluckiest guy in formula one i've said it multiple times and I'll, I'll say it again until he starts you know until he starts having more consistency with with his team um but i just i i really don't want to see this race decided by a crash i want all out wide elbows clean racing nothing dirty and i want to see just an absolute battle to the death for a win here I think my I think the one thing that I really want to see is I want to see every driver finish. Like that would be awesome. I I I think that like we it's a great track for that to happen. It's you know quality drivers all around. Like even Mazepin, who is is exactly what he is, but like 
he's been really solid recently and 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 I'd like for him to finish in, in what's been a really tough year for everyone at Haas. And, like, I think they deserve that just as a team. I agree. Um, but, like, for me, like, it's some of the stuff of, like, Kimmy's retiring. Um, like I, I can't I wait to, see, to see some Kimmy Donuts. I cannot yeah. wait to see Kimmy Donuts. Like, I'd love a little, just, like, kind of like a renaissance where, like, if it's, like, obviously Charles and Lando are battling and, and that's great. But, like, I'd love to see Kimmy just kind of behind them, sneaking around, being, like, a wily old vet. Um, and, like, that's the other thing about the last race is, like, those guys who are in last are, like, you can guarantee that those Aston engines are going to be tuned to the absolute maximum. Like, they're not going yeah. to – if they blow out, they blow out. But those guys aren't going to have what just happened to them last race where they are just not good the whole weekend. Um and uh, for me, the, the biggest question here is, is, uh, is the Pierre Gasly issue. Like, what do I do with Pierre? Is he a guy who can actually handle a big-time job? Like, he, he couldn't at Red Bull. He just couldn't. It, it didn't work. But, like, you know, it, it, this is kind of – he's auditioning here. Like, Seb is getting up there. I mean, Lewis is getting up there. These guys who are the cornerstones of their franchises are getting older, and like you need to see if 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 Gasly has the stuff, you know, it could be interesting to have a Gasly Williams pairing. It could be interesting to have a Stroll Gasly pairing. You don't know how that's going to go. Um, and then the other thing for me is just on this last one is Ferrari is interesting, like. Ferrari and McLaren to me aren't really in the midfield anymore as much as they're in this weird uh, purgatory between contending and being in the midfield. Like obviously McLaren has had some God awful luck recently and I don't fault them for that. Uh, You know, of their last four races, they have three points, right? But in some total, they're less than 40 behind Ferrari. So, like, this was very, very close until they got hit with the Mercedes power unit issues. Yeah, um, for sure. Back in, it started happening in Mexico. It uh, was when it was when it bit yep. them, which is unfortunate. But you know, that's just that's how it works. Um, but um, for me, it's just can these guys next year with the new cars, with the new drive. And I think both of them have great driver lineups, which is what I think is really going to benefit them. All four, obviously. All four of the top teams have great driver lineups. But McLaren and uh, I think the new car is only going to help Danny Rick just because, like, if he's going to get to be closer to people, that the, the mailman is going to be benefited. Like, yeah. if he gets to get closer... <laughs> he's going to lick air, stamps and just send it. <laughs> like, that's that's only going to help him. Lando is obviously a generation... You know, for all the stuff of, like, Max is a prodigy, and, and it's completely warranted. Lando is not nearly as far away as as he's talked about in yeah. kind of those things. I agree. Obviously, McLaren signs are, are awesome. But, like, to me, this is kind of one of those things of, like, Obviously, Lewis is Lewis and Max are going to be 25 seconds in front of third place <laughs> because that's just how it's been all season, and they're yeah. that good. But like, I really hope third through tenth are really tight because like that's like that's that's my what I want to see. Part of the yeah, sport. yeah. I I mean I also think that Russell deserves a shout out, right? Like, dude has gotten the car in the Q3. I, I like eight or nine times this year, right? Like Williams has got that Mercedes little kiss of power in qualifying. And I would love to see them be able to carry that over next year into race pace. Um, I, I'm really excited to see Lewis Hamilton with a new teammate. I love Valtteri Bottas. Like I think he's going to do fantastic at Alpha. Um, I think he needed a little bit of a change of scenery, um, especially, you know, he said it before, you know, when you start to s- separate a little bit in a championship, all the resources go to the number one driver. Um, Mercedes is one of those teams that, you know, claim they have, they don't have a number one driver, but you know, when you have a seven time world champion in Lewis Hamilton, you're not going to make him, 
not your number one driver. <laughs> like, that just makes okay, no go, sense go. to me. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see how uh, George Russell does at Mercedes next year. Um, I think we could see, you know, a absolute like brawl um, between him and Hamilton. Um, I think he's going to be able to push Hamilton better than almost anybody else can. The thing about Botas is, and I and I freaking love Botas. Like he is exactly what he is, and at the end of the day, he is one of the nicest, most considerate drivers in F one. Yeah. Who is also the best teammate. And I and I like I'm quoting Lewis there. Like Valtteri is the best teammate. Like we saw it with Nico. Lewis and Nico brawled with each other down the stretch. Valtteri knows his place, and that's part of the reason why he was brought in. Was hey, like. <laughs> We don't have a number one diver, but you're definitely number two. Since <laughs> we don't have a number one, but you're definitely not number one. <laughs> and so, like his his job, and like you know, to to be fair, like I get why he's tired of it. Completely get it. I also am going to miss like if the race had been able, if there had been no wrecks yesterday, no red flags. I don't think that race is ever close. Because part of me thinks that Valtteri loves the Valtteri to me is like the Dennis Rodman of F1. Like he's <laughs> your gritty, grindy rebounder. Get his elbows out. Like he's taking up space. And then Lewis is like Michael Jordan, where he's out in front of everyone. It's like, oh my god, Lewis. And no one looks at Valtteri, who's just been in absolute war yeah. for two hours with the dudes. Behind and the him. thing is, like, the thing is, is that Valtteri has the capability, like Rodman, right, like to be your to be your number one point scorer every every you know every so often, right? Like Valtteri has the capability to win races. He's won. He's won what eight races with. With Mercedes, he's never not gotten that car into Q3. A hundred times he's gotten that car into Q3. Like, that's impressive. Like, dude is nothing if not consistent. Like, I I, I respect the guy, and it's going to be interesting to see how he does at Alpha, especially now that Alpha has a ton of Chinese backing. Um, I think they're going to be able to push that car a lot more than they have in, in previous years. So, it's it, I think next year is going to be awesome it's gonna be awesome who's your so well let's finish it up that way all right so i've said it before i'll say it again haas is my surprise for next season i think that if next season doesn't go well the the team is sold so they're kind of balls out at this point um but i think just with how much money they've put in i do really like mick um and i think you know, when you get a new car, there's always that surprise jump. Like when the new car stuff happened, there was some surprise falls, like undisputedly. Yeah. But like the, the in order to have someone fall, someone has to rise into that spot. That's how racing works. That's how every sort of racing and works. So that's how that's how sports work, right? Like if you're yeah. gonna fall out of the top, somebody's got to take that place. Uh, and then I think the more I've watched them, and and. If y'all don't follow at Parmesan Picks and at EFS G Dub, like we do a lot of this F one stuff on uh, on Twitter and we bet it. Alpine has made us so much money over the past so weeks much, so much. I can't, I can't in good conscience say that Alpine shouldn't be. That's what I hope the midfield kind of morphs into next year. Like obviously, I think just because of how the sport works, I think. Um, Red Bull and Mercedes are again going to probably distance themselves. Yeah. But a battle for third place between Alpine, the team formerly known as Renault, the team formerly known as Lotus, like a historical <laughs> squad, yeah. versus Ferrari, a historical squad, versus McLaren, a historical squad for third place would be nothing but awesome television. Yeah. Um, mine is... Uh, I'm between, like, I love your Haas pick, by the way. Like, I believe in Gunther Steiner. Um, I love the guy. I love him. Former Merck guy, right? He, uh, he's, no. Or no, he's Red Bull. He's, he's Red Bull. He, yeah. Um, long, long time ago. Um, I saw him in some of the old Seb stuff, and I was like, hey, I know yeah. that guy. <laughs> that guy looks familiar. <laughs> um, 
I like them to do well. Um, they've put a lot of focus on their car. Um, if you know anything about NASCAR, Stuart Haas Racing, they are, you know, religiously in the front of the pack. Um, and I don't think, like you said, like if the team doesn't do well this year, they're going to be sold to, to Nikita Mazepin's dad. Um, Gene Haas will not accept anything, you know, lower than fourth or fifth would be, would be my assumption. And, and really fourth, um, I think they have the capability to do it. My sneaky pick, uh, is, is going to be, uh, is going to be AlphaTauri, um, They've got Honda Power. They've shown what they can do with it. Now, Honda Power will always be Honda Power, but it will be transferring ownership to Red Bull Powertrains. Um, so Red Bull, in a weird turn of events, will become a manufacturer team um, to some extent because they will be manufacturing their own power units, which is which is really interesting to me. That's a huge challenge. Um, but I think Yuki has shown some bright spots uh, these last, you know, last couple races. I think he can mature into that car. Um, and Pierre has, has, you know, he's won a race with them. Um, and he's done really well this season. He's put that car in, you know, sixth place so many times. Um, and I would love to see them you know, make a good push, um, their Red Bull sister team. And I think it would be wild to see them, you know, being able to put the occasional pressure on each other. Like, I think that'd be awesome. I don't think they'll ever beat Red Bull because that would, Red Bull would just never let that happen. Um, but I would love to see them do well. And same thing with Williams. Um, I'm excited to see Alex Awan back on the grid. Um, I think he got the short end of the stick with Red Bull. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's incredibly difficult to be Max Verstappen's teammate. You can ask Danny Rick, you can ask Checo. Um, Checo's probably the best teammate for him. Um, but they kind of threw Alvin into a pit of snakes, um, when they made that move, but I'm excited to see him at Williams. Williamson, Williams is under new ownership. Um, they're, uh, technically an American team, right? They're owned by Doralton Capital, which is an American private equity firm. Um, and they've been making huge investments as well. Um, I mean, you can say this about almost any team, right? Like everybody is making these huge investments and next year, you know, it's very easy to say Red Bull and Mercedes are going to be at the top, but I would love to see, you know, we're four, like, I would love to see something Formula E-esque or IndyCar-esque, right? You know, we're five, six, seven, eight, nine races in and we've got five guys all within, you know, 10, 15 points of each other where we're just like straight gloves off brawling every single race, like no idea who's going to win. Like it's, it's funny because when Vettel won his third championship, Lewis was like, you know, something needs to change because, you know, it's going to start getting boring if Vettel keeps winning. And here we are after Mercedes has won seven Constructors' Championships and Lewis has won his seventh title. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of starting to get boring, right? Like, I love Lewis. I love, I love Mercedes, but, like, it gets boring. I want to see, I want to see, you know, I want to see a toss-up. Like, I want to, I want to not, I want to go into every race not knowing who's going to win. Dude, that's honestly my biggest fear in the world is that Abu Dhabi has all the hallmarks to just be awesome, and Lewis and Valtteri take one two pull. Valtteri plays crossing guard, and it's never it's boring. Yeah. Like that is that it to me is. I want a fun race. Fun. I want a fun finale. Yeah, and and I did like with how much F one has gained in traction. Like I, you know, for the for those out there, like I live in Austin. I went to the Austin F one uh, qualifying this year. Uh, when it happened two years ago, there was 150,000 people there or something like that. This year they had closer to four. So like the sport is growing at an exponential rate. And Drive like, to Survive has done amazing things for the sport. I'm excited to see what those guys do for golf. Um, oh, because the same guys, the same guys that produce Drive to Survive, the same company is doing is doing golf this year, and I am so pumped for that. I think it's going to be awesome. 
Did you send me the tweet that said that the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix is going to be an entire episode of Drive to Survive? Yes, I sent that to you. <laughs> like, it, it, if it doesn't get its own episode, like, the producers have done a disservice to the season <laughs> because it was absolute chaos. Oh, man. But, yeah, okay, so one other prediction I do want to make. Well, I guess it's two. One, I hope... Danny Rick, this is more of a hope than a prediction, but I hope Danny Rick is a multi-race winner next year. And I think he has all the capabilities to do it. I think McLaren um, will have all the capabilities to do that. I agree with you. I'll, I'll back you on that. And then I also really hope that Signs is able to finally get over the mountaintop and win a race. Dude's gotten second. He's gotten third. He's been on the podium. Poor freaking guy. You sent it to me earlier. It was a stat that nobody wants to have. Um, it's like Hulkenberg, most races without a podium, right? Like, Sainz has had most points without a win. Um, and yeah. I, I, I'm going to hop on the back of that train with you. I would love to see a dub from him. Yeah, I hope both those things happen just because I think they're both quality, quality races. I want more shoes, like, dude. Like, Dude, and it, dude, dude, the thing is, is that, like, like you were talking about, like, it's gotten a little boring. It's always Mercedes, it's always Red Bull, and, like, hardly anyone else ever reaches the podium. And so, like, I'd love next year to have, like, you know, in the first 12 races, we have seven different winners, and everyone's kind of sitting there, like, this thing is wide fucking open. Yeah. That's what I want to see. I think, I think this weekend's going to be awesome. I think we have a lot to look forward to as long as, as long as we stay clean, and, I'm excited to see where we go for the rest of the year. Um, that's all we've got time for. This is the first podcast of the week. We will be back later this week to talk about NFL as well as some college football playoff. Got to throw the Army-Navy game out there. Um, but be sure to check out the website, electricfactorysports.com and electric underscore factor for our Twitter and Parmesan Picks for the best picks in the game. Thank you everyone for listening and we will be back later this week.